On today's show, we're going to call one of our friends who's a Division II basketball coach down in Georgia, and then we're going to hit the Sip and Serve voicemail hotline and, of course, the listener questions. Corey with the K, let's go. Feeling good tonight. Welcome back to another edition of the Sip and Serve podcast where we sip what's cold and serve what's hot. My name is Clay Roll, aka Rolski. To my right, behind the board, working the Sip and Serve hotline tonight, I got Corey with the K and across the table, my main man, DG. What up, DG? Let's go, Rolski. Back to you. Dang, I was quick. Not much to say tonight. Let's go. I'm ready to roll. Uh, ready to roll. All right, let's get right into it. Tonight's going to be a little different. We've actually got a special guest we're going to call on the Sip and Serve hotline. One of our good friends from way back when. He's a Division II basketball coach at the University of Northern Georgia, Coach Adam Blake. Corey with the K, let's give him a ring. Hello. Adam. Roll C. What's up? You're on the Sip and Serve podcast, man. How are we? Doing good, doing good. Just, uh, man, I've been looking forward to it all week. I know I talked to you guys earlier today a little bit just to touch base, but man, I'm, I'm excited to be on and I, uh, it's going to be a tough one to follow up, you know, last week's episode, but it's, it's always good. So I'm excited to be on. Heck yeah, man. Glad to hear it. Uh, I'm here with Corey K. He's working the uh, hotline and the computer and then DG's here too. What up, Adam? DG, what's up, man? What's hey. up? Good to hear from you. Good hey. to talk to you. Good to hear from you, too, man. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Likewise. Corey with a K, I don't know you, but I, I've gotten to know you through uh, through the 12 episodes or so, and uh, I've enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking with you guys for sure. Same here, man. Excited for this. All right. So, Adam, uh, the first thing I want to get to is just, man, how you been? How's the virus down there in uh, Georgia? How's it been treating you down there? Yeah, I mean, personally, it's been good. I mean, I, I haven't really, I haven't had any issue with it. Obviously, it's been tough because it's slowed, you know, everything with the job. And, uh, you know, we got out in the spring. It was really at the end of our season um, that, you know, we were we were kind of finishing up right there in the NCAA tournament, getting ready to start. And as you guys know, everything kind of came to a quick end. So our students were gone. And now we're kind of on the back end of it where everybody's showing up now. So we're trying to get started in the new school year and, and just get going. So it's, you know, in terms of the state, you know, it's a little bit more maybe opened up than being up there in Ohio um, in terms of, you know, trying to get stuff going. And it seems like Georgia has, you know, maybe taken steps in a certain direction. But to be honest with you, Roll, DG, it's like we're all dealing with the same thing. You know, it spreads the same way as it does up there. It's the same situation. So, it's kind of crazy that we're not all in the same uh, guidelines and protocols. It's kind of crazy that everybody's handling it in a different way because it's the same thing. So uh, I think it's just a matter of viewpoint and, and how you think you can deal with it. So we're just, again, we're on the back end here a little bit of now trying to start a new year. So that's kind of where we are and, and uh, everything on that front. So, uh, Adam, I, I know Ohio State students, they just started moving back into the dorms this week. And, uh, you know, there's protocols there. Everybody has to get – all the students have to get tested before they're allowed to move back in. Um, what I mean, as students start to move back in down where you're at and throughout Georgia, 
are you seeing any of those same protocols? I mean, how, how tightly are they keeping an eye on things? Yeah. So I can speak a little bit for just us, you know, mainly and a little bit of word of mouth of what I've heard, but for us, everybody's being tested before they can even move into their dorm uh, in terms of temperature taken and, you know, any symptoms, you know, the, the normal questions, I guess, is what you would say uh, in order to move in. And then they've limited the number of move-ins or, or move-in dates have been spread out. Uh, usually in years past, at least in my first year here last year, you know, everybody that was moving into X dorm was able to move in on this day. And so this year that's been a little bit different where they've staggered the days and, and you know, they haven't had everybody move in at one day and at one time. So that's really the guidelines that they kind of gave the incoming kids uh, and everybody moving back has just been staggering it and, and you know, it, limiting to the least amount of people that they possibly can. They gave kids a certain amount of people that could be uh, present to help move them in as well as uh, the amount of cars that you could bring to move in just to help with parking and the amount of uh, traffic coming in and out. So that's really kind of what we've gone. It's a little bit different with our athletic stuff. You know, it's a little bit more detailed in terms of what they're going to do and what they're going to attempt to do here. But uh, we're really just trying to get everybody back and moved in and kind of go by what is necessary right now in terms of classes and school and some of that stuff. And then, you know, trying to handle the sports stuff um, as we get a little bit more comfortable and we get to figure out the system a little bit more, uh, try to just, you know, take our steps and, and follow protocols and get to, you know, that next step and go from there. So that's really what it's been to this point, which it's really early on. So we're kind of learning, you know, as we go and trying to, trying to figure it out. All right. Good deal, coach. Um, I'm glad to hear that you guys are doing good down there. I'm glad to hear everybody's safe. The kids are starting to come back to school and hopefully you guys get your uh, basketball stuff going here soon. Um, Adam, yeah. I know, I know, sorry to interrupt, but I know, I know most of the people, around our area that were, you know, Southern Ohio area probably know who you are, but for the listeners out there that don't know who you, uh, coach Blake is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what high school you went to and where you played college basketball at? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, you know, it's fun because you guys are guys that I've known since we were so young. So this is, that's one reason why the podcast, I love it. I love following it. I know the guests that I've been on. So it's been fun for me to follow that, but uh, I'm, I'm from, you know, close by Circleville, Ohio, um, Chillicothe, Ohio. I actually grew up in Kingston, super small town. And um, I went to Logan Elm High School. I graduated from Logan Elm in 2010. And then I went to Capital University to play basketball. And I finished up there in 2015. And uh, I got started in this. So, I, you know, I, the, the cool thing about this and, and my connection to you guys, I think I'll tell the listeners a little bit about that's unique is, you know, we grew up playing all of our little league sports and really doing a lot of stuff in that Chillicothe area, so south of where I was from. And so that's my my relationship with you guys and knowing you for so long. I remember the fair days and all the little league baseball stories you guys were talking about. You know, in the last couple episodes, it's crazy because I can relate and I have some of my own. Um, and so, you know, that was cool for me because I got to know so many people. In, in Ross County and down there around you guys. But then I played, you know, we went to high school and played north of where we lived. And so you had a whole nother group of, of friends and people that we knew and, and guys that we competed against. And so I just had a unique upbringing in terms of really having a big group of friends on, on a, in a lot of areas and 
getting to know a lot of people. And, and um, so that's a little bit about me. You know, I played four years at Capitol and, and had a good experience there playing college ball. And really, you know, I'm, not, I'm sure we'll talk about getting into the coaching stuff and, and some of what led to it, but um, really had a, a great career in high school, just winning a lot of games and being around good coaches and being around other good players and being surrounded by the right people. And so for me, uh, that, that was a big part of where I'm from and my high school and that area and, and what led to, you know, the college level. And then, you know, where I am today, you know, I, I give so much credit to, you guys wouldn't know it, but, and I don't say it, but to people like you guys that, you know, we competed against. So I grew up around and we're just good athletes and good people. And, uh, I, I respect that so much. And I have so much appreciation for that, that, you know, it, it's just, it's gotten me to where I am. And, and that's why I really do appreciate that. So, um, part of why I'm so excited to be on here with you guys, man. I love you guys. Oh, man. We appreciate the support. Um, I want to, I want to go back. You said you played basketball at Capital University and that's that's a college in Columbus around the Columbus area and you guys you guys won a championship there correct we did okay and you also when you were in high school you guys were really successful was that your junior year that you guys went to the state final four yeah that was my junior year yep okay so I want you to tell us what what was um how are they related like how did that state final four trip like mold you into you know, being a better basketball player while you're at Capitol. I mean, you won, you won championships your junior year. You guys went to the state final four, the Ohio state final four, and then you went on to college and you won a championship at Capitol. Like how, how did those relate to each other? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is like, you either have a special group of guys or you have great talent. Like that's one of the, one or the other is really what's true of, you know, makes a really good team. And then when you have a mixture of that, you kind of become elite. You've got a, a, a really good group. And as you guys know, in sports, you know, the teams that make it far, the teams that win deep in the tournaments and those things, they've got that good mixture. And so for us, the similarities were I was around really good players. Like we had good players. We had good guys that understood the game. They had high IQ. Uh, they went about things the right way. They played their role. Like those things that are just a good group of guys. Like you've got seven or eight guys that really play the right way. And then we had talent too. And so I think that makes sure that's really what we were in both of those times that we won a championship. So that was my sophomore year at Capitol that we were able to win. And it is smaller level, but there's, there's really good basketball and some really good players. And so we were, you know, we got in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and that's the difference a little bit role. I would compare, our my experience in high school, that state final four run there in Ohio in Division Two, that run was it was almost like an NCAA tournament run rather than just like a conference championship. And so that's where they really were different is, you know, we got to play the the best teams in the state as we made our run in high school. Um, and you know, for me, it, it was awesome because you know the year before we got beat by Chillicothe and they went on to win the state, and so we really felt like coming back the following year we knew what it looked like and we really knew, you know, what, what it's going to take and the talent, some of that stuff, what we've got to do. And so, um, talking the differences, you know, I, the high school part of it, you know, we had some guys transfer in and some, some things play into our favor of what kind of came together. But at the end of the day, man, like we just, we expected to be good and we approached it that way every day. And that summer going in to my junior year of high school, um, we, we, we just, 
we knew it. You know, we competed against some of the better players in the state. I remember we played over at Wheeling Jesuit in a summer event, played against C.J. McCollum. He was at Glen Oak High School, and he was nasty then. And so Zanesville was good. They had some really good players, Joe Pratty, and some guys that played at the higher levels at the college level. And so we, we saw some really good talent uh, that year. And, and going into the year, we kind of knew, like, we got a really good shot if we take care of our business. And so that was a special year because – it was kind of expected. Um, and then you get up there and it was just like, that experience was unbelievable. You know, you're, you're a young kid going to watch LeBron in 03 and, and seeing all these games. You know, we went to the state tournament. My family did every year. So I grew up going. And then, you know, you get to your, your junior, senior year, high school, whatever, whenever you get that opportunity. And you're in it. You know, you're going up to stay in the night. And the next morning you wake up and the bus takes you down by the shop to go have breakfast. And you go have breakfast, and it's like you, they lay the dispatch on your breakfast table, and it's about the state tournament preview because they know you're coming. And it just it gives me chills kind of thinking about it because you don't really – not many get that opportunity. So that was a great opportunity. And as you guys know, you guys might have been there. It, it was just an incredible for our small town uh, to be behind us to support. Uh, it didn't end the way we wanted to, but great experience. And then in college, like it's just – it's what you work for every day. You know, in college, guys work at, the, at their game and their skill a lot more than they do at the high school level. That 1% better or, or winning every day, those quotes, they kind of apply a little bit more because there's guys at the college level that are working every single day to be better. It's kind of the natural culture or what people, you know, perceive the culture to be at the college level. So you're really just working what's in front of you. And every game is tough to win. And so when you're in it at the college level, you're just preparing for that next game. And, and obviously, you, you set goals and you have things that you're thinking about. But at the end of the day, you're just kind of like, all right, there's a scouting report for the next game. And you're getting into that and you're preparing in practice. And then you go play that one. And they're all tough. For in high school, you just, there's times where there's, there's ones that they don't, they're not as tough for you and they're, they're a little bit easier to win and practice day to day isn't as tough. So that's kind of, that's kind of the differences that I felt from those two championship experiences that I had or, or runs that we had, you know, in high school and in college. Awesome, man. Hey, um, I, I remember you saying that you were fortunate enough to play for some really great coaches, both in high school and college. I was just curious, you know, when did you kind of make up your mind that, this basketball coaching thing is something you wanted to pursue as a full-time career? It's a good question, DG, because it's like, you know, it's one of those things that I, I knew I wanted to coach all, you know, growing up. Like, I, I loved being the guy that was like the extension to the head coach, and I always was chirping and talking to guys and letting them know what we were doing. And so I, I, I had it in me, but I thought I was going to do it at the high school level. I, I went to, to college to be a high school uh, or middle school teacher and thought I was going to be, um, you know, a coach at the high school level. And as I, I went through my college time, I worked some camps in the summer. And that's kind of an introduction to, you know, getting to know what, what it's like a little bit. You get to spend some time around the staff. Um, and so I worked at, at Capitol and then I worked at Ohio State. I got the opportunity to work down at Dayton. And that's when I kind of started to get, like, kind of interested in it. And, and really um, – I got to know a couple people and it was really a matter of, okay, you know, when this, when it was done, you know, what do I need to do and how do I need to set myself up to kind of get my foot in the door? And uh, to be honest with you, my original plan was to become a graduate assistant. 
when you're a graduate assistant, you can you can earn your your graduate degree. So you typically finish up your four years in your undergrad, you get a GA ship, and you spend two years most of the time getting your masters. And they usually the program covers it, and you get to coach. Depending on the level, it's there's the duty is kind of different, but um, I knew it would give me the opportunity to learn and grow. And I actually never did that. I got right into to coaching, and so I don't even have my masters and, and didn't follow my original plan, but. That's about how all of our lives go, right? You, you, you don't, what you expect, you know, you never know what's going to come. And I got great opportunities and I followed them. And that's kind of, uh, you know, how I got into it and, and where I went. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. You know, you, you never know where life's going to take you. Um, following up on DG's question, did playing at the college level, I mean, you, you were a college basketball player for four years, you said. Did it make it easier on you as a coach? that you've been through that experience before? Yeah. I mean, it definitely, you know, it, it's just like any, I mean, you guys know that it's like, you know, anytime you ask somebody to do something or you're instructing somebody to do something when you've done it and you've gone through it, you know, a hell of a lot better of what, you know, they can handle what they can do, what to expect from that situation. All those things are all true. It, it, it's across the board. It's not like, coaching is any different so the experience uh, of being in their shoes it absolutely helps me um in, in terms of what i can understand just my perspective is more clear you know there it's it's one thing to be like a high school coach or you know whatever even a college coach but understanding that like you know kids gotta they gotta go to bed on time they or, or you know some kids stay up all night playing video games then they wake up and they're tired and then they go to class and then they've got to come into practice and so understanding and, and helping put them in position to make sure that they're doing the right things. I understand that because I went through it and I understand that, you know, again, like I told you about the day to day of college is like, you know, you come in until you're a really good player, maybe at the college level, you come into practice for a couple of days straight or even a couple of days here and there, and you're not performing well, you get your ass kicked and, and you won't be, you know, you won't, you'll lose your opportunities. And so it's important that they understand the, the holistic approach to it. And for us, for me, that's a, that's, that's a big part of what I learned in my experience and then being on the other side of it, what I can give to them. And so, um, you know, that, I think that's a big part, Rolski, is you get a chance to, to tell people about the experience that you've gone through and you've had, it's going to help with making, you know, them better having, you know, the teaching just, it just helps the teaching. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, college kids, they're really just 18, 19, 20 year old, college kids right i mean they're they're athletic they got you know they're they're skilled they got talent but at the end of the day these these guys are just teenagers some of them and just guys in their early 20s just still trying to figure things out but um yeah but but my my next question was you know you you kind of started out in the d3 ranks um now you're you're you know coaching at the d2 level i'm just kind of asking what are your what are your career aspirations? I mean, what's, what's your end goal? Yeah. Hey, I want to back up for just a second. Cause I think it's important to like, here is that, you know, you hit it right on the money. Like they're 18 to 20 year old kids. Most of them are for the first time moving out of their house with their parents. They aren't, they aren't getting woken up by their parents every morning. Right. They're not being held accountable to, to, you know, do their schoolwork or provided a meal. Like all that stuff goes into your performance and your day to day. So, you, I mean, you're so right. Of they're, they're trying to find themselves and they're trying to learn, you know, what do they want to be? What do they want to do? 
what is it like? You know, there's girls are chasing girls. Like it's just, it's completely different. And nobody's there to tell you, you know, you got to do this, or you got to do that, or you got to go to this and that. And, and to be honest with you, we don't, we're, we're not like over our guy's shoulder all the time. We're trying to teach them to, to be accountable to them, themselves and make sure they learn that those habits while they're in our program. And so we don't walk them to class. We don't call them and wake them up. We're not all over the top of them just to make sure that they're, they're doing their stuff. So it's really a time to grow and, and find yourself. So I think you, you make a great point, DG. That's a, and think about your guys' self, those 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Like, right, right. You didn't know. You know, you were trying to learn. So um, it's a unique time. But, yeah, you know, for me, aspiring to be, you know, I, I think that at some point I do want to be a head coach for sure. I think anything you go through, especially in this, you know, the nice part about our profession and this profession is, like, you're still competing. You know, there's a, there's a, a sense of competition against – other coaches and, and their programs and you know you're trying to build a program that is the best whether it's in your conference your region in the country whatever it is so you're always you know trying to be the best and so for that uh, you're developing you know philosophies and you're learning and for me you know like you said I started out at the division three level um, I was in a really good program over at Randolph-Macon and then I spent three years at a division two there in West Virginia and then I came down here and, and they all have their own, you know, they have their differences and they all have uh, things about them that, you know, for me have taught me and helped me develop a lot. And so, you know, one day I absolutely want to be a head coach and be able to kind of, hey, that philosophy and those things that I've developed as a coach, you know, what offenses I want to run, what defenses we're going to run, what, what are we going to do, what, what, what are going to be our staples? You know, you want to put them to test. So I think just the competitive side of it, you know, you absolutely want to be a part of. The other side of it is, you know, being true to yourself. I think when I first got into it, I was like, man, I, I can be a head coach in a couple of years. Like, I'm, I'm ready. And I probably could have, but it's amazing how much I would have been done wrong or not understood what I needed to be ready to handle when you're in that position. And so I, I think now I'm a little bit more mature and I've stepped back and understand, like, I've got a lot to learn. And even though I've been in it, you know, going into year six, there's still a lot to learn. And there'll always be a lot to learn, but – um, you know, you just, you just, you know that, you know, what you've learned, what you, you got to eventually, I think, want to put it to test. So um, I'm excited for that day. It, it, it's exciting that, you know, one day I think I will be able to run my program and be able to kind of put all those things uh, into, into play. So I'm excited for that. Good deal, man. Hey, uh, I'm going to rewind a little bit. Can you, can you let the listeners know, can you build them a timeline? Like, from your from when you graduated college, what what how did you get into coaching right after you graduated college? Did, did you reach out to somebody, or did they reach out to you? Did you did uh did you tell people you had coaching aspirations? How did that work? Yeah, great question. Um, I, I'm going to be a little bit lengthy here, but I'll tell you kind of where my first summer how it started. So when I graduated, I had reached out. I wrote letters to almost every division. I wrote a, a letter to anybody that had a GA. Spot and so even if they had people filled and I didn't even know, I wrote letters and so I got some stuff back that was interest. But the one that I ended up following, there was a guy at VCU that had played at Otterbein University, which was Otterbein College, which was our rival at Capital. And I reached out to him, and he at VCU they had like six graduate assistants, and he was finishing up. And a couple of guys that he worked with had moved around the country with some of the coaches 
that had gone, you know, to other places. And so that's, that's how college coaching kind of works is your, your network and you develop that network and somebody you work for, it seems like they get a job above you and then they take you with them and they kind of, you know, put you under their arm and, and help you out. So that's what I, I reached out to him and I just kind of asked, what were some of the things that you did or how can I get started? Well, he put me in contact with a couple guys that he worked with at VCU. Um, and this was like spring. This is when I was about to graduate. This was probably like late April, almost May um, of my senior year. So I was getting ready to graduate. And I reached out to a couple different people. And the guy that got back to me first that I ended up, you know, starting everything with was I went down to Rice University in Houston, Texas. And that guy down there was the director of operations at Rice. And he had worked at VCU. The head coach at Rice was a guy that was assistant for Shaka Smart at VCU, and his name's Mike Rhodes. He took he took Graham as the director of ops down to Rice, and he got back to me and said, "Yeah, you know, we'd love to have you down for uh, to work some of these camps and have you help out." So I was like, "I'm in. I'm, I'm ready to go." I saved up some money that spring working, um, and I, I booked my flight and I went down to Houston. And I was supposed to be there for seven days working two different camps, normal camps, guys. They're, they're just like high school, you know, team camps and kids camp, like a bitty camp. Well, I was the only one staying in the dorm because I was the only one from out of state. And they put me up in a dorm and I was like, that's, that's perfect. Whatever. Walked to campus. You know, I was, I was close by. So the second day that I was down there, I asked them, I said, you guys haven't workouts or anything before we start camp. And they told me they were. So I took my stuff over, you know, six thirty in the morning, sat down, took some notes, watched them, you know, work out a couple of their guys listen to Coach Rhodes speak and some of those things to his guys. Went on about the day, watched camp, or went to camp and worked and all that stuff. Next day, same deal. Came back. He, he got me up and he's like, hey, can you rebound for some of our guys? So he kind of puts me in and he's, I'm rebounding for some of the guys. Simple stuff. Anybody, my, my 10-year-old cousin could do it. Uh, next day, he puts me in some of their defensive drills. So I'm like, their guys are working on pin down screens and some of these things scoring offensively and I'm kind of just playing dummy D and so we, we kind of got going got going and I got a little bit better feel for them and they got a better feel for me and I ended up staying there for 13 days I got to spend a lot of time around their staff and got to know them pretty well and my next place I was flying out at that time I had set up the same thing a GA from DCU I went to UAB in Birmingham Alabama and so I flew I ended up changing my flight from Houston to Columbus I went from Houston straight to Birmingham, and he picked me up from, from the airport of Birmingham. I spent five days there working camp. We were literally 5 a.m. in the morning. One of the assistants was picking me up from my hotel. He was taking me in. We were working out a couple of their ex-players that were playing overseas, working camp, done with the day he dropped me back off. And then I flew from there up to Maryland, and I worked at Maryland. So I spent four days at Maryland, and then I went from there and spent three days. I flew to Indianapolis and spent like three days in Indianapolis working like an underclassman camp um, that, that you know, I had kind of gotten, like I said, I reached out to a couple different people, and those connections just kind of led me to all those things. What ended up, I was gone for about a month. You know, I left on June 2nd. I'll, I'll never forget. I left on June 2nd, and I arrived back home in Columbus on, uh, on July 5th. And I spent about three weeks in Columbus. I worked some camps after meeting some people, um, around and worked some camps there. And then the guy that I had met at Rice got me connected with a guy out at UCLA. And so I actually flew out to UCLA and spent a week at UCLA. I worked camp at UCLA and spent time around those guys. 
And then I actually took a train down to San Diego and worked camp at San Diego State uh, from L.A. I spent a, a couple days with my cousins there in, in uh, San Diego and then flew back. And after all of that time, I had a couple job opportunities come up and things come up. And it ended up being that the guy that was at, at Rice as the head coach, he was at VCU before that as an assistant. And before that, he was a head coach at Randolph-Macon for 10 years. He's actually the head coach back at VCU now, Coach Rhodes. And uh, we we came full circle that the, the staff at Randolph-Macon was hiring. They were looking for a guy. And where I had gone and spent those first, like, 12 days of my summer at Rice and really gotten to know their staff and been in their workouts and just kind of hung around, Rhodes had called. He, he shot me a text and said, hey, I called the, the head coach at Macon, and, um, you know, they're going to be giving you a call pretty soon. And, you know, they're interested in hiring you. It's a great starting spot. I started my career there and, and wouldn't change anything in the world. And if you get an opportunity, go. And I got back from San Diego State. You know, it was it was late July. And two days later, the head coach from Macon called me. I drove out there, spent four days out there with them. And they had camp. And I just really got to know their guys and, and their staff. And he offered me the opportunity. And I came back to Ohio. And I told mom and dad, you know, I'm, I'm going to, to Virginia. I was – about uh, an hour away from the East Coast. It's it's about an hour inland from Virginia Beach right there in Richmond. Um, and so that's where I started my career. Nice. Man, nice. I, uh, <laughs> you were working at it, bro. <laughs> Man, you worked your ass off to get your name out there. I Planes, love it. trains, and I automobiles. Just all over the place. I love it. It was one of the best experiences, you guys, that I, I've ever had. And it's, you know... It, it just shapes you. It just gives you a perspective and it, it allows you to see um, that when you do put the work in, you know, you're, you're, there's times where you don't get rewarded because it doesn't guarantee anything. But when you do, typically, you know, some in some way, some shape, and even if it didn't, fellas, if it didn't get me a job, I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't do anything different uh, than what I did. And so I could go into even more detail. It makes it, it's kind of crazy. I don't like it. I don't talk about it, but I know that, you know, one reason you guys have me on is to talk a little bit about how I got started and got into it. And I was literally paying, you know, I was paying next flights with the money that I made at the last camp and stuff like that. And I come from a good family. You guys know my parents and not that I was hurting, but I just, you know, you graduate college or you get out of college or even you get out in the real world, uh, you know, from high school, you're ready to start doing things on your own. You don't want to have to, you guys have probably been in the same boat. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to take care of my stuff. And I didn't even ask. I mean, I wasn't, there was nobody that was doing anything of guide me or anything like that. I was just, hey, that guy at Rice knew had a connection at UCLA. I popped out there and went to UCLA, and it's it was it was awesome. So it was just a really cool experience. And it, you know, my start to getting into the business, I think it's different from some other people's, but it it, uh, it paid off for sure. No, nah, man, I respect that work ethic. I mean, I really do. I mean, just hearing you talk about it is giving me chills, really. Um, you know, Adam, I was going to ask how important in your line of work is networking, but I feel like you kind of answered that already, so I'm just, I'm just going to move on. It's it's, it's a good that's a, it's a good I mean, it's it's very clear, you you know, you you're right, but it is and that's, you know, I think one of the things we were going to talk about a little bit is like how I got to where I am now compared to where I started and that, that's it right there. What you just said is, you know, building relationships, experience and learning, you know, be, making sure that you're continuing to learn. But being a young guy, you got to be willing to recruit. And, and um, you know, that's something that 
when you have a network, you're going to be able to, you know, grow and people are going to get to know you better and it's going to help you, you know, continue to take steps and just, it broadens everything. And that, that was, that's obviously been a big part of my career here early on. No doubt, man. Um, it's, cl- it's clear to me and I feel like it's going to be clear to the listeners from listening to this conversation. You know, you clearly have a love for what you're doing. You clearly have a passion for it. I guess my next question is, you know, what do you what do you enjoy most about it? What gets you most excited about getting up, getting out of bed, and going to work every day? Yeah, I, you know, the, the, I think the best thing about it, DG, is that every year is different, and every guy is different. So, you know, you had some guys that had similarities because of human nature. We we obviously have things that we do similarly, or how we act, and things like that, but every year we have a new team, you know, and we have guys that come back and return and you, you plan to do things the same way or, or in some, some ways. Um, but every team is different and every guy is too. So some guys might come in and be really strong academic and other guys are just average. And so they need to learn the habits or they need to learn how to, how to study or how to attend class or how to even just get up and, and be awake. You know, like some guys sleep all day. Uh, other guys are guys that have, great families that come from full families that they were, they had a lot of, you know, things growing up and had all that at their, at their hands. There's other guys that don't have much at all. Um, some guys don't have a father. Face. So it's just that the ability uh, to provide them. And I think what it's done for me is it, it teaches me more and they don't know this, but sometimes it teaches me more than what I'm probably teaching them and giving them. And I think that for me, it's helped me grow and, and become more of a man because it's like, sometimes like there's guys that come in here and they open up to you because they're, 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 you know, they don't have that. They haven't had that. And so that support that you give them and some of those things, that's one of the best parts about my job is just being a mentor to those guys that need guidance. They need experience. They don't, they haven't had somebody that gives them, you know, what somebody has been through and how to handle certain things because uh, they just haven't had it in their life. And so that's one of the best things that I enjoy about my job and um, you know, where I'm at the ability to learn the game at a higher level. You know, I think that for me, every, every step that I've taken, you know, we've been in a place where either like, I think Randolph Macon is a, it's a top 10 program year in and year out. And um, where I was after that Concord wasn't necessarily a top 10 program or top 25 program, but we competed against some top 10 programs year in and year out. And then the same goes for down here is, you know, we, we, we play against some really good programs and some really good coaches um, and so that just allows me to be better, you know, every day that some people in their line of work, it's, there's not really any, there's not really any growth or there's not really any reason to get much better. There's not anything that's testing them to where for me, it's like, I feel like every year I get done, I, I, I you know, kind of evaluate what it was like. And it's like, man, you're learning new schemes because people are throwing different stuff at you offensively, you know, you're seeing great players. So how to stop those guys and how to, how to, you know, at least contain them and things like that. It's just, it, it's uh, it, that part of it's really neat. Um, and I enjoy that personally, just working with the kids and develop them as players and as people. You know, I, I try to take what I've learned. I have great parents and a great family. And so what was instilled in me, like, I think I can give that to these guys as well. And we, and we do, and, and I, I do every day. And so both as a person and, and, you know, as a player aspect, obviously the development as a player on the floor, I freaking love that. I mean, I, I love, I love watching player development stuff. I love learning and hearing, you know, other coaches and how they do things and, 
some of those things. So those are, those are, you know, all the most enjoyable parts of being in my position, um, you know, and, and what we're able to do. So Adam, you say you started out at Randolph Bacon and then if, if I st- correct me if I'm wrong, but you left there and you went to Concord to be an assistant coach. Am I correct? Correct. So can you explain what, um, what came about that made you head over to Concord university to be an assistant coach there? Yeah. Well, full-time position was the main thing. So I was a part, I was a, I was working full-time, but in a part-time spot okay. in my first spot. Okay. I didn't know and that. So, yeah. And so you, I, I was a full-on assistant I and mean, I was recruiting and coaching and doing everything that a full-time guy would do my first year, but it just happened to be, you know, pay and benefits and some of those things, um, were, are obviously important as we grow, as you guys know. So, um, that was a big part of it, but also the level, you know, the opportunity, you know, a, a little breakdown division three, there are no athletic scholarships. So your money is going to come from grants and, and academic scholarship stuff. But at the division two level, we kind of operate a little bit more like the division one level. And so we have, you know, we're going to have, have scholarship money, full scholarships, and it's a little bit different in terms of the layout for the listeners that don't know, you know, we, at our level, you know, at, or I should say at the Division One level first, they have an X amount of scholarships, and when they when they hand out a scholarship, that covers everything, regardless of what type of student you are, what type of financial aid you're going to get, doesn't matter. They're going to cover everything with that athletic scholarship. For us, if we have a young man that reaches certain academic standards or financial aid standards, uh, and he's going to receive money on those fronts, we actually get that money back and are able to take that and go elsewhere with it, you know, to another young man or to whatever, you know, depending on the school and how it works, you know, we're able to use that money in a different way. So it's basically breaking down the scholarship rather than just, hey, we're offering a scholarship. Here's the full scholarship. It's still a full scholarship at our level for certain guys and for a lot of guys, so to speak, especially where I am now. But uh, you also have the ability that, you know, if a kid is a good academic kid, he might get you some money back and, and, you know, you're able to, put that money towards somebody else so if for example we have 10 full scholarships we actually might have like 11 or 12 guys that are on either some type of money or on you know a pretty good amount of money because maybe the guy that you want to give a full scholarship one of the guys that's on a full scholarship um he's really smart and so he's costing you half of what you know it costs to go to school therefore i get that we get that money back and we can go elsewhere with it so that's kind of the unique thing about the division two level but that's why I, I made that transition was uh, it gave me a full time. You know, I was the head assistant then at Concord and it just, it just helped with uh, put me in a better spot to, to learn and grow and have more impact. And then also on the, you know, on the latter end, continue to put myself to in a position to be in better spots or, or, you know, higher up level, whatever it may be. Okay. And how, how many years did you stay at Randolph? Was it, was it one year? Dude, I was there for like 10 months. I was there oh, for okay. a year of basketball. Yep. And so it was quick and it was, it was short lived and quick and I, not by design, not by, you know, I wasn't trying to race out of there. I, it was a great experience. And I, I mean, that year is, I can credit that to a lot of what I've become, but you know, it's, uh, it was quick. Absolutely, man. And how many years, how many years did you serve as the assistant over at Concord? I spent three there. Three years. Okay. And now, now you're at North Georgia. So let's get to present day here. You're the assistant coach at North Georgia. How is that? How's the atmosphere down there? Yeah, it, it's, uh, 
it's a different, it's a whole different type of basketball, Rolski. It's a, it's a, it's a regional thing. You know, I think one thing that you guys and the listeners can kind of relate to, I was thinking when you wanted to talk about this, you sent me something about talking about some of this is you think about the big 10 and the type of play that there is in the big 10. It's a, it's a physical, um, you know, they, the, the team chemistry or the way that they play together, you can see it. Um, there's maybe more set actions. So the coaching, you know, you might manipulate a little bit more and put guys in situations to set them up to where like the ACC, it's more athletic, it's faster pace. It's a little bit more skilled maybe in terms of like guys that just one-on-one can make plays. It's just a, it's just a little bit different pace and athleticism um, than maybe what you get as you move up north. And so the same kind of goes for down here where I am now. So being in West Virginia and even Virginia where you're a little bit more north although East and even where we are from in Ohio is, you know, it's a lot of different type of basketball. Um, it's a, the game down here is much quicker uh, in, in terms of an overall sense. And, and, you know, you just, I've been really impressed with the, t- the level of play. Um, we are, we're in a place where I'll give you an example, you know, Concord was about 2000 students, not even that. And, and down here in North Georgia, we got about 8,000 kids on campus. So, what does that tell you? What does that do? I'll tell you. It, it means bigger, bigger, bigger dorms, bigger cafeterias, bigger libraries, more buildings, more going on. You know, at the university, there's kind of more going on just because of of what it is. And so for us, um, that creates a little different, uh, a little different setting for recruiting uh, and the type of kids that are going to be at our level. The thing about this place is, you know, what we're excited about is. There's a, there's a very good backing for the athletics, um, you know, from everybody. There's We're really surrounded by really good programs right here in, in North Georgia in terms of our, our softballs and baseballs and soccers and women's basketball. All those are, are, you know, compete at a high level within the D2 level. And so for us, you know, that's always intriguing because you can look around and say, all right, if they're having success, there's there's got to be something there that, that uh, you know, we can kind of tap into and, and hopefully get to where we want to be. And so the same goes for, you know, uh, in terms of the facilities and the resources we have. We just built a brand new 3,600-seat uh, arena that is it's as nice as, you know, a lot of Division ones. And so um, it's just a place that it has a lot to offer for our young guys. And although that stuff's all good and, and it's, it's nice, the work ethic's got to come with it, the culture and the, the day-to-day. And so that's kind of what we're working on and working at. And, and uh, we're going into year two. Uh, I just finished year one down here, and um, you know it's we're, we're working every day, and hopefully we can get back to some normalcy. But you know we are we are uh, we have a really good opportunity where we are, and, and we feel like you know everything that we felt going into it in terms of when we took the job of you know this place has a lot of potential. I think we feel the same way we did you know a year ago, if not stronger, in terms of you know we can compete at a high level. The thing about our conference. It, it's a very good conference. It's, there's you know a couple of teams that are always nationally ranked. Same for our region. And so if we're able to put ourselves in position to compete within those two things, we can compete nationally. And that's that's what we want to do. We want to be a program that um, you know we can compete at the highest level and give our kids the opportunity to, to compete at the highest platform. And um, you know along the way, get a great experience, get a good education. That's one of the things about this place too is. We recorded the highest department GPA last year in the history of the school at a 3.26 as a department. So about 225 athletes 
um, that had an overall together uh, cumulative GPA of 3.2, which I, that says a lot. That means a lot, and that's pretty impressive when you're competing at that high of a level on the on the basketball court or on the fields, but also do it in the classroom. It just tells you a lot about this place, and I think that that's what my beliefs align with this place, and that's what's exciting about where we are. Makes the job much more enjoyable, boys. From what you just said, man, it sounds like North North Georgia's, I mean, giving you a heck of an experience down there, and it sounds like you're doing a great job at it. Can you, now that you've explained that, can you try to explain to me, DG, and Corey K, and of course the listeners, can you explain to us what is your everyday job as an assistant coach? Like recruiting, practice plans, can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, so it's it's, it's seasonal. It's it's the time of the year is always going to change and be be a little bit different. So, like for me, I basically am overseeing a lot of our recruiting and trying to put our staff in in places and pockets and what we need to be watching and who we need to be calling and sending mail to and things like that. I kind of oversee a lot of that. Obviously, the head coach has a ton of input and helps out, but um, that's kind of my day to day, almost every day, because at the end of the day. Our, our recruiting is our lifeblood of our program. The kids that you have, you can do everything right. You can be this and that, but if you don't have some talent, you're going to you're going to struggle. So for us, that's a day to day thing. In terms of the recruiting, you know, we're we're con- I'm, I'm constantly online. Obviously, social media. You guys can relate that when we were in high school, film online wasn't even really a thing. You know, you you had to you had to put together a tape and send it out to be noticed or you had to put together a resume to be sent out, you know, yourself to where nowadays I could type in, you know, type in clay roll. And, you know, if you're a present day player, your highlight film's probably going to come up if you're any good. Uh, so if you're worth a shit, we're going to know about you for the most part uh, from online and we can get a feel for that. With that, the recruiting, you know, we're doing a lot of that and just always trying to turn over every stone for what kid, you know, fits us and what he's like and going through that. Once we get into season, or I'll go preseason, so a lot of the summer is recruiting. We're out at AAU tournaments, watching kids, coming back, filing through some of that stuff, making sure we're reaching out to kids and coaches and getting a feel. Moving to preseason, when we get our kids here, now we're, we're leading up to the year. So they're, they're working out four days a week in the weight room with our strength staff, and then they're working out with us. We've got eight hours a week that we can work with them on the floor. Um, that can be... That could be as a team, that could be as a group of six, a group of four, whatever it is, however we feel. And so that's really team to team and year to year um, is what's important for us. We view it as uh, we're going to be more holistic with our team and then break down into smaller groups and work on some stuff two on two, three on three, four on four, and then put that back into our team stuff four or five days a week, depending on how we stretch out those eight hours. Um, Again, that's, it's not as much player development as it is team development and preparing us for the season because you're typically getting new freshmen and new guys and transfers. And so you're trying to put that together that when you do hit the ground running and have real practice, you're, you're ready to practice and function in a normal college practice and get going. Um, and then we get into practice. You know, that time of year is a lot of film, a lot of meeting uh, as a staff and with our guys. And so we're trying to show them, we get into our season and we're showing them you know, film from practice. We'll watch, you know, we'll have practice and we'll film it and we'll be able to bring that in and break that down and then bring them in and show them some of the stuff that, you know, we feel like is important. They need to be better at or they're doing a good job at. We try to do a good job of, you know, bringing both of those points together. 
Um, and then, you know, at, you know, after games and before games, all that stuff, obviously, you know, breaking down film for them as well. In terms of opponents, game to game, you know, that's a big part of my job once we get into season is our scouting. And so, you know, I'm watching – we have access to when we play a game – our games go on a software, and everybody in the league um, has has access to that game. So I'll go on and watch anywhere from three to five game films um, of a team, and I'll break down. You know, we're, we're breaking down their personnel, we're breaking down their offensive stuff, their defensive stuff, their after timeouts, their baseline out of bounds, their sideline out of bounds, their set plays, all of that stuff. You know, we're gathering and preparing. So we play like Wednesday, Saturday. Sunday, you know, I'm, I'm getting everything ready. If it's my scout on Wednesday, um, I'll have it ready Sunday night. And then I'll meet, we'll meet first thing Monday morning as a staff and prepare our practice plan. So we'll prepare like if, if I've watched film and know that, um, you know, for us, uh, USC Aiken is going to run a bunch of this action and this is their base offense. You know, when we do defensive breakdown on Monday afternoon at practice, we're going to put our guys in position to guard that offensive action and what we're going to see and go over about, you know, how we're going to, how we're going to defend those actions and what we're going to see. We don't cover everything because you don't want to fill them up with too much, but we're just going to go over that stuff to give them an idea of, Hey, you're going to see this a lot and this is how we're going to defend it. Um, so we're, we're going to be ready. And then the same goes for the offensive end. You know, everybody runs, we, we run a lot of ball screen action. So we, we prepare, you know, in our scout, we're preparing, how are we going to be defended on the ball screen? Are they going to defend, you know, this guy different than they're going to defend the other guy uh, on ball screen? And so we try to prepare our guys for that. And so when we do offensive breakdown, we'll, our defense will be, you know, in the ball screen coverage that we're going to see. And so it's a lot of, you know, the details going into it and, and being prepared as a staff, you know, going in to prepare our guys for those next two days. And it, you know, I could go on, it goes, you know, film work before practice that as a team, we're showing them. What, those, what, what these teams are going to run or what that opponent that we're going to play that week, what they're going to give us. And then when we get on the, the, the floor and we're doing defensive breakdown, they can, they can connect that visual, what they saw before practice on the film, out there on the floor and be able to put together. And we talked about, hey, we're defending this ball screen or we're defending that screen this way. And so we're ready to defend that. So that's a lot of the in-game uh, or, or in-season stuff that I'm doing and preparing You know, every day. It's it's seven days a week that we're really, you know, putting in the time to prepare our guys and get our guys ready game to game. Cause like I said, it's Wednesday to Saturday and it's just quick turnaround. So, um, and then the postseason is, uh, a little bit more about their skill development. You know, their individual development. They've got to go home for the summer or they'll stick around here for about a month and a half, take a little bit of class and work with our, our strength staff. Um, so you kind of have that in between time. So in the spring, it's really just, Hey, what did, what, what did we see during the season? What did we do well? What didn't we do well? But we're not going to bore them with team stuff. And, and, you know, they just practice for six months, basically from preseason to, uh, to, to through the season. And so it's more about their individual development there in the spring when we get to those workouts. So that's kind of a layout of, of what, what we're doing and, and where we are in terms of my day to day. Adam, from your time, as both a, a college athlete and obviously several years as a, as a college coach, I mean, what advice would you give to a high school student who or a high school athlete who wants to play at the next level? I mean, obviously, talent plays a, a big factor. Um, athleticism plays a big factor. 
But, I mean, what would you tell a high school student that's wants to compete at the next level? I mean, what are the most important intangibles for that athlete to have? Yeah, I love this question. I know, I know you're you're just you're a gritty dude. I know, I know DG. I know Roll. You were a, a competitor as well. But you, in the question, you said it. Compete. You know, I can't pick up the phone and appreciate when a kid can't tell me what his record was for his high school season this past year. Like, I, I just, I don't like that. And, and the same with AAU, their travel stuff. And so the first thing to me is is learning to compete and, and making it very clear that winning matters to you because it's not everything. You're going to have times when you lose, and I understand that. But what winning does, the habits that it, that it, it requires and what it takes to win, it builds and it develops a, a person that's going to be successful in anything that they do. And so if you choose to be a high school athlete and yeah, you want to compete to play at the college level, but you may not end up competing to play at the college level. One thing that you can do in high school, if you're competitive and, and you learn to compete and want to win and everything you do and, and really, really work for that, you're going to learn the right habits and the things that it takes to be successful in anything you do. And so for me, it's like, I, I value that so much. And, and when we recruit, you know, the type of guys that I'm going to go after are the guys that want to compete. And, and I just gave you an example of the question about, you know, what was your record this year in high school? What was your high school team's record? If you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like what, what are you telling me? Like, are you more about yourself and trying to get a scholarship or are you about what your team's doing on a nightly basis? And are you guys winning or losing? And nothing pisses me off more than a kid that doesn't know that and thinks that it's okay that he doesn't know it. Because I can tell you right now, I can tell you every record that I – I can tell you every loss that I had. And I'll bring it up right now. Rolski was one of those damn losses. My sophomore year, we had five losses in the season. And, and lo and behold, it's – you know, we came over to, to old, the Warrior, Warrior spot and, and, you know, we lost to Adina. One of our five losses and rolled, you know, career night, hits a four-point play. But that's – that's you know, I'm competitive. Like, that's why I'm, I'm where I was and – where I am today is like, you got to be competitive, man. You got to be competitive. Absolutely. And then I guess my follow-up question to that is, would you say that competitive spirit, I mean, is that the most important intangible for a team to have in order to be successful? No, not so much. I, I think as a team, this might sound a little bit weirder, like, you know, yeah, you know, whatever. but I think to, to love each other is one of the most important things as a team. And what I'm talking about is it's not like simple love and just like, Oh, you know, yeah. That's a, sounds kind of corny for, uh, you know, to say that a bunch of college guys team is to love each other. But my description for that is, you know, for your sister or for your brother, you know, how do you fight for those people? You know, in your life, think about the times that the people that are closest to you, that you truly love, how much different it is and you treat them, um, or treat a situation with them compared to just like your friend and your buddy that, you know, doesn't mean as much. Um, I always think about the, the situation of like someone breaks into your house and, and someone you love is in it. What are you going to do to, you know, to protect them compared to if someone you, you don't really know or you don't really fully care about or love, you know, you're, you're going to be less likely to like do whatever you have to do to help them survive or get out of that situation. Well, it's the same thing with the team. You know, if you can develop that love for each other, 
you develop a mentality that you'll do anything for that other guy. And you'll consistently put everything out on the line for that guy. Um, and when you have that, you become harder to beat. You become It becomes a hell of a lot harder to give up. You know, when you're, you're going through a tough workout or you're in a tough matchup and a guy scored on you two or three times in a row, it's like sometimes guys are, are, are willing to give up and losing teams have that. But teams that are good teams, that, that the guys truly have great chemistry and love each other, they don't want to let that guy beside him down. And that's that to me is the most important part as a team, having that that true, genuine love for each other and care for each other of I want that guy to be successful as successful or me as bad as I want my own, you know, you, you can't match that, you know, and that's what the, the elite teams um, really do. The other thing is, and, and a little bit with the intangible of a high school athlete, guys, with also, you know, as a team, is embracing problems and embracing adversity. You know, people run, it's human nature to run from things that aren't comfortable and shit that doesn't make you feel like, oh, it's easy. It's, it went the way I wanted it to. I'm comfortable, so it's good. That's not how great teams are. That's not how great people get to where they need to be and where they want to go. It takes those problems and embracing that and that adversity that you go through and, and breaking through it and fighting it and saying, okay, like it, it must have busted. It might have busted my ass, but I'm, I'm good. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to learn from it because you'll get through it. I know both of you have been in this situation and quarter with a K, probably the same thing, man. You, you get through it and you look back and you, what you learn from it, it makes you a hell of a lot better. And it puts you in a position that the next time that you see it, you're ready and you're prepared for it. You're not worried about running the other way or, or you know, kicking it under the rug or not really, you know, addressing it head to head. And that's important for a team and for, you know, young people at the high school level to understand. Hey, word up, man. No growth without struggle, right? For sure. For sure. Hey, Adam, I got uh, two more quick questions for you and then we'll turn it over to you. I know you may have a few things you want to ask us. Do you, here's here's one thing I want to ask you on the sure. sip on the sip and serve podcast. You know the mac and cheese, it's a big time thing here. I just want to ask you all the way down there in Georgia, how do you like your mac and cheese? Yeah, dude, you guys have had all that, that the discussions have been classic on some of that, and I, I love it. Um, I'll say this: I, I like mac and cheese that is baked. Like I like that kind of different. You know, like Chick-fil-A has mac and cheese. And I don't know if you guys have been to Chick-fil-A and had their mac and cheese, but they have bomb mac and cheese. And that is exactly how I like my mac and cheese. I don't need I don't need no pineapple. I don't need anything that, that you know, they're adding extra smoke. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I would try it. But, man, I am – I like that mac and cheese. And, and one thing you talk about the South, being down here, you know, you got a lot of barbecue. So that mac and cheese and coleslaw and baked beans – it goes right in with it, and, and mac and cheese, man. I love mac and cheese, but I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, and you were talking about the Cheetos too, and you know, adding all the different flavors and some of those things. Man, I'm I'm with you guys. You know, it's good. Why why do something different to it? You know, let's let's just let let's let's let it be. Let's let it be what it is. And mac and cheese is great as it is. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm glad you answered that the right way because I wouldn't want to rip your ass on air like I do Troy all the time. <laughs> oh, Troy. Troy can't catch a break, man. <laughs> oh, man, we love yeah. Troy on here. He, he's a fan favorite, you know. <laughs> Dude, I'm here for it. I, I love everything. When you guys bring it up, that 
stories on. And then he's sending voicemails, you know, he's every week and there he is sending one, sending two while he's sitting there with y'all and you guys are just busting his balls. And I'm like, man, that you can't do it better. I love yeah. it. I love it. I'm glad. I, I mean, hey, man, before we move on, I just want to say we appreciate you being a huge supporter of us. And uh, whenever you come back, whenever you come back, look, we'd love to have you in, talk some more ball with you. Rolski, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I would love to do it, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I know I told you it was like the first couple of weeks we got to see each other and catch up there at the lake, and you were just getting started, and you guys have continued to get better and better, and you've been consistent, and I, you know, I look forward to it every week. I'm, I'm being honest with you guys, like I love, I just love that, like that, that feel of I, I, I know what you're talking about. I can relate. And I know who you guys are, and I appreciate that. And so uh, every every Thursday, I look forward to a new episode. And I'm going to be honest, boys. There's some weeks where I'm like, this shit's getting – it feels like it's been like a week. Like, when's, when's the next one coming out? And I'm like, hey, I wouldn't even mind like a, a Tuesday night cast or, a, a, you know, a, a Monday night pod. I'm like, I, I could use a long Monday. I get home or I'm sitting in the office, I'm like, I could turn on some sip and serve and listen to somebody BS. So um, anytime you guys get the urge to maybe take a second one for the, the week, I would be, you'll have another listener for both episodes those weeks for sure. I love it, man. I love it. Hey man, one last question for you before we turn it over to you. Yeah. Um, you know, your, your aspirations are to be a head coach someday and your supporting cast is here in Ohio. Please tell me that if you want to be a head coach and something comes up and it's it's right it's what you want, Ohio's number one on your list. No question. I mean, no question. I think that, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I do. I, I, I miss the people, and uh, I, I love the place, and, and I love where we're from. And, man, if I got that opportunity, I think that one day I absolutely would love to jump on it and be a part of it. But, you know, real, even if I didn't, I would be – I think just to get the opportunity to lead a program shows the trust that somebody has in you. And so I would jump on an opportunity, um, not, not just any opportunity, but I would, I would be so thrilled and thankful to be a part of uh, a program and be the head coach. But man, if I could get back and, you know, have those familiar faces in the, in the stands um, and be, be able to recruit my home, my home state a little bit more intentional and, and build something there, man, you, you know, yeah, everybody knows, uh, being back home in any place, wherever you're from, if it's been good to you, uh, you, you would love to be a part of it. And so I, I miss, I miss so many people and I miss, you know, not being able to catch up with them and some of those things. So I'll, I'll be all in, man. I'd be, that'd be, that'd be ideal. Absolutely, man. We'd love to have you back. You know, you have the sip and serve podcast. You have our support 100%. Now we're going to turn it over to you. I know you said you want to talk about a few things before you get off here. What you got for us, man? Yeah, for sure. I'm curious, the listeners, this week, this question came up after you sent me some of the stuff in preparation. I'm curious to hear and get, let you guys talk a little bit about your week in preparation for this and not just like, hey, what questions you come up with, but I know you guys got to be sitting at work like all day, like thinking about ideas and questions and things like, like it, it's got, it had me thinking this week. So talk a little bit about what a week like, what a week is like for you guys to prepare for the show. Uh, each Friday night? Um, I mean, really, really, I mean, a lot of it falls on my shoulders because, you know, 
this, you know, this is basically my podcast and I love having DG and Corey the K. I couldn't do it without these guys, really. I really couldn't. It was my idea and I recruited two guys that I knew I could rely on. And I'm not, I mean, we really, we'll, I'll text these guys like, hey, like last week we did a round table. We really had nothing really to talk about. Like we would throw a few ideas here and there. And DG and Corey K come back and like, man, I really don't have none. There's really, because it's hard with the COVID-19 going on. There's really a not lot going on. And our listeners, our listener base, yeah, there's a few that want to hear about the NBA. There's a few that want to hear about the MLB. But our main base, they don't want to hear about, you know, sports every time. So it's hard for us to come up with stuff. So that's why I like having Troy and Uncle Buck on to do uh, some random stuff, you know, tell stories from our past and, and get into our minds and just just reach just reach deep into our hearts and just talk about random stuff because I think that's what people enjoy the most. But you know, this week, this in preparation for this week, we really didn't have a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, I wanted to talk about you know the Lakers and the Bucks clinching the playoffs. The NBA are getting ready to start next Tuesday. But I also said we've we've also got stuff in the bank, man. I mean, there's a few interviews I want to do, but Coach Blake from North Georgia is number one on our list. You're our number one interview that we've done on this podcast. So you've been on the list ever since we met up at the lake. I told these guys as soon as we got back, I said, I think I think uh, Adam Blake, coach down there in North Georgia, would be a great time. He'd be a great interview, and we'd have a great time with him on the podcast. And they said, yeah, let's put him in the bank. And we've got several cool. stuff in the bank. But, you know, every day, I mean, I'm just going to tell you, like Friday, we're recording tonight. Saturday, I'm not doing anything. Sunday, I'm not doing anything. But Monday comes around. It's time to start digging for content. We've got we've got four days or yeah four days until Friday. So we're digging. I'm texting these guys. Hey, what do you guys think? So they'll they'll throw out a few ideas. But in, at the end of the day, I'm usually the one that'll pick the content. You know, and uh, the questions come through our email and our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. Corey with the K's got access to it. I think DG's got access to it. But I'm usually the one who will. Uh, throw them down and put the questions. I'll pick the question of the week, of course. I'll pick the voicemails, what we're going to play. But, um, DG, you have anything to add on to this? I mean, you're you're the brains of this whole thing. You're, you're kind of the driving force, man. But I, I will tell you, like, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes here. We don't just show up on Fridays and let it rip. I mean, that's not how it goes. Uh, there there are Google Docs that are being shared. There are emails that are being being shared. There's group texts that are going on all week long. So I mean, there is a lot of preparation that goes into it, and and uh, you know we we kind of collaborate on on what the content's going to be. But I mean, Rolski, you, you yeah, I mean you you're the driving force, man. You're the brain trust. You wanna you wanna explain to the Adam and the listeners what we got back here. Every every probably the, every Friday for the last three or four weeks, man. I've been coming, me and Corey with a K been coming down here in Rolski's basement, AKA the Sip and Surf Studios. And Rolski's got t-shirts laid out and now he's got hats. We got, we got all different shapes and sizes of t-shirts and merch everywhere. They all got post-it notes on them. I mean, he's wheeling and dealing. This thing has become a brand. I mean, he's not only the, the, you know, the, creator and the showrunner but he's now become kind of the brand manager so he's kind of he's kind of wearing both hats yeah and you know branching off what dg just said you know i'm you know people people are stopping by i'm, I'm giving them their merch or i'm driving into town and i'm meeting them at a local mcdonald's in the parking lot and they're picking up their merch and it's always it's always great i love doing it 
I mean, it, it might be a pain to go in there, wake up early and meet everybody on Saturday morning, but this is what I, you know, this is what we're building. It's got to be done. Because, I mean, we're not big enough to, you know, pay shipping and stuff. We're not going to ship it out. So I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to hand it out. And I always love hearing people's feedback. Like last, last Saturday, I met up with like, I think five or six guys. And we sat in the parking lot and we just talked about life. Because I, I don't ever get to talk to these guys. They're just, they're supporting the show. They're listeners. But they were friends that I've always known that we've kind of lost contact with. But we just had a great time in the parking lot in McDonald's. You never would have thought it. But... Man, they're buying shirts, they're buying hats, they're supporting the show. So I just want to thank all the listeners. Yeah, that's uh, I know I, I can imagine the work that, that you're putting in, and it sounds like you are. So, and also, I, uh, also, I'll, I hate to interrupt you, but I also want no, to give, no, no. I also want to give a shout out. Me and DG are usually the ones talking on the mic, but if it wasn't for Corey with the K, I'm just going to tell you this right now. We would not be doing this. Unsung hero because right over here. He, he might not talk about it on the microphone, but behind the scenes, he's he's working he's working everything, man. He's working the iMac or what is it? MacBook, sorry. MacBook. Not iMac. He's working the MacBook, he's working GarageBand, he's doing all the sound stuff. He's the one that got us hooked up with you over Bluetooth on our board coming through the mics. I mean, he does it all behind the scenes. He's the one who puts it on the podcast host site podcast host site we use podbean you can check us out on podbean just type in sip and serve and we'll come up podbean is a host site we got to pay for that membership yearly so we paid for that and that's what puts it on the itunes and spotify for us so we'll upload our content onto podbean and they'll push it to itunes and spotify so Corey with the k does all that at the end of the show he'll go home he'll listen to the content he'll edit it sometimes he edits it edits it while we're Recording. Yeah, he'll just edit it on the fly. And then, you know, we'll restart. But a lot of times he'll listen to it again, edit it, and then send it back to us for us to listen to and say, hey, if you guys hear anything you want out, I'll take care of it. So he's he's got hours and hours and hours of this stuff in. So behind the scenes, he's the heart of this operation. Because I'm telling you right now, me and DG aren't going to be able to run this computer without him. No way. So I just wanted to give, the, I just wanted to give Corey K a huge shout out. Yeah, as you should. That's a, it, hey, it's an operation, boys. It's a, it's a situation where you need all three of you to make it go, and you guys have, you guys have killed it, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, we're absolutely. I love it, and I enjoy it. We're absolutely a team here, man. No doubt about it. Good stuff. That's what it's about. Next question for uh, for you guys. I'm curious to know. You know, I, 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 a lot of your bubble talk and all the NBA stuff. I, I don't want to not a bunch, but I'm curious your picks for who's going to win it all. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Adam, I called it three or four episodes ago. I was scared of the Blazers. By God, Damian Lillard pulled it out, didn't he? Yeah, he's put him in spot. You know? Oh, my it, gosh, like- man. This guy was on a run, man. I mean, I think like, I seen a stat the other night. He's, he scored 50 last – or he scored 40-something last night, and then the past two games he scored 50 and 60. I mean, the guy was averaging 53 points a game through the last three, getting himself into the position. Now he's the eighth seed – and the he's they're playing the Grizzlies in the ninth seed, so they're doing a play-in game. All the Blazers have to do is beat the Grizzlies one time, and they're in. And I have, yeah. I, I've got a feeling that Dame Lillard's going to lead them the first game, and then it's going to be them versus the Lakers next Tuesday night, I believe. I'm not, don't yep. crack me if I'm wrong. We don't fact check here, but don't crack me. But <laughs> but uh, of course, I mean, I want to pick the Lakers. I think we can edge out the Blazers. I think it might go six or seven, and I'm being honest when I say that. 
Um, six or seven games the first round for the Lakers. But, you know, if everything works out the way it should, the Lakers are going to have to play the Rockets in the second round. And that's not good uh, when you got rest, Russell Westbrook uh, and James yeah. Harden coming off of Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum. I mean, those are two yeah. tough teams. And then in the Western Finals, we're going to have to play the Clippers. So, I mean, we've got yeah. we've got a hell of a ride to get there. But I think we can do it. But if I'm, I'm a Lakers homer, but I'm not going to be that way. I think the Clippers are coming out, and they're going to win the Western Conference. Eastern Conference, I don't think anybody's beating the Bucs. I'm going to go Clippers versus the Bucs in the NBA Finals. DG to you. Hey, I'm going to just uh, trust your opinion on that one. So, uh, I got I got the Clippers as well. Corey with the K? Yeah, that was my pick in the in our NBA yep. preview. Was, I remember that. Was the Clippers because I'm a big Paul George fan from when he was a, a pacer. So, I liked following yep. him. I like Kawhi's game. I like how he's more of a two-way player. And Both they, of them. And they're yeah, they're yeah, the two they're best, the best yeah. two-way players on yeah, in the NBA. And yep. their defense is just the best out of the NBA. They're actually they're one of the few that play Especially defense, since they're so. getting uh, Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell back. Yeah. So they're, they're really going to be a complete team come playoff time. But, uh, I mean, I, my original yep. pick was the Bucks, but I think I'm going to go with Boston. I, I The I, Celtics. I just mm. like I like mm. them. I, I mean, I think yeah. the Greek Freak's probably the best player in the NBA right now, but I like I like Boston too. All right, good deal. Yeah. Hey, I got one more question. This will get, make all you guys think, I'm sure, a little bit. If you moved away from home uh, in, in that area, what place to eat would you miss the most? Um, yeah, and maybe, maybe, and maybe tell me your meal that you, you know you would miss. Uh, well, you know, I think I've said it on the podcast before, but if I haven't, I'm definitely going to miss roosters. You you don't have roosters down there in Georgia, do you? We don't. Okay, so don't correct me if I'm wrong, but. I think it might just be Ohio joint, right? Yeah, okay, so sure. I, I, yeah, Roosters yeah. are in Ohio. So if anybody don't know Roosters, you know it's a wing joint, it's a little sports bar known for their wings. Um, I'm mainly I'm going to miss the uh, the boneless wings because you can't go anywhere around here that have bigger boneless wings than what Roosters have. I mean, they're a little bit expensive, ten ninety nine for twelve, but they're worth it because they're so big. And the second pick. That I would miss is their grilled chicken sandwich. It's cheap. It's good. It's delicious mm. with yeah. curly fries on the side. Don't get your fries without it being well done. That's my advice. <laughs> gotcha. BG to you. Mm. Hey man, uh, Adam, I'm sure you can appreciate this because uh, you know I'm a I'm a newly I'm a new transplant Seaville guy. Within you know I've been living mm. there for about, like the last four or five years, but uh, I'm gonna yeah. have to say the old dairy shed's gonna be my. Uh, the one oh, that I man. missed the most, right? Can you oh, can man. you can, can you get down with that? Oh man, one hundred percent. There's, I, I mean, we're we used to we used to live there for a milkshake. So I don't food wise, we used to eat there as well. But man, I I miss a dairy shed milkshake like you read about. Oh, for sure, man. Like every time <laughs> I drive by that, especially in the in the summertime. The line is wrapped around the block. It I mean, it's ri- it's ridiculous, but they get you through there it quick, is. and it's worth the wait. But uh, I'm probably just gonna miss the the uh, the Arctic swirls with the extra Oreos in there. Oh yeah, because oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean that that I'll take an Arctic swirl over a blizzard at Dairy Queen any day. Oh my ass! They that good? They're that good. <laughs> They're that good. All, All right. right, elite. 
Corey with a K, you got anything? Yeah, mine would not. I'm a pizza guy. So mine would be, uh, well, I worked at Frankfurt Pizza for six years. So I know the ins and out and great family business. So it would be Frankfurt Pizza. And then another pizza place would be Jerry's. I enjoy mm, Jerry's. Yeah. Uh, yep. I like Jerry's. That's for sure. Frankfurt Pizza, yep. it's a staple in Frankfurt. Oh, yeah. So, yep. Good answer, Corey with a K. Adam, anything else, hey. brother? No, no, no. I, I, uh, I can relate, man. Those places, I miss roosters like crazy. You know, one of the places I miss is Donato's. Donato's Beach is one of my favorite spots, yeah. and, and we don't have anything really like a Donato's down here. Um, and then, you know, there's there's a couple others that we miss. But, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm always interested to hear, like, what they would choose. And, and roosters would be one of my first, Rolski. So that's, uh, that's a staple right there. Hell, yeah, man. Well, you know what? We appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you supporting the Sip and Serve podcast. This has been one hell of a conversation. And like I said, whenever you come back to Ohio, visit your family, visit us. Come down to the Sip and Serve studio. We'll have a hell of a time talking some more basketball, man. Hey, I'm in. I'm in. Even if it's not hoops, I, I want on one of those roundtables because I got some <laughs> stories from Roll, you know, back in the days. And, I, you know, I, I can, we can talk, so. I love the Georgia boys. You're talking about a little song called Money in the Bank. <laughs> I mean, I, we, well, that's a whole different day, man. We got, I could, I could go store, you know, the, the Rollski throw. I mean, you fart like it's you knew, a, a, a signature roll fart. Like nothing smells like shit, like a, a clay roll fart. So um, I could, I could, I have more, you know, so if, if you, uh, Allow me, maybe I can get on one of those roll round tables. Heck yeah, man, we'd love Bach to have you. Troy. Man, I, I, I love it. I'll keep, keep bringing some people in and, and talking because I know you guys have so many good friends and you got good stories that uh, I know that I can eat up and the, the uh, listeners love them too. So you guys you guys keep me rolling. And uh, I, I again, I appreciate you having me on. I, I'm, it was awesome. It's good to talk to you guys. Hopefully, the, the uh, listeners enjoy the episode. And um, I'm looking forward to the NBA playoffs playing out. And, uh, I hope I'm with you. I hope LeBron gets it done. I'm not certain they're going to, but I hope they get it done. Hey, man, Adam, we appreciated having you on. Um, I think it was. I thought I thought it was a great conversation. Wishing you all the luck in the world, brother. Um, any you know, whenever you do catch on as a head coach somewhere, that program's going to be be lucky to have you. And uh, God willing, man, God willing, we have some basketball this winter. Amen. Amen to that. Appreciate you, man. We're going to let you go. All right, guys. Good to talk to you. Great to be on, and uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be listening. Awesome, dude. Appreciate we'll talk to you, you later. Man. All right, fellas. Take care. Man, DG, I tell you what. That was our first ever interview here on the Sip and Serve podcast. The hotline was hot tonight. I felt like the interview went well. Adam, he's such a good dude, well-spoken guy. I love him to death. One of my great friends ever since I've been little. I've known him my whole life. And like I said, I, I would love to have him back on. What do you think? Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait until he's here in the studio and we can just talk to him face to face because you're right, man. He, he's well-spoken, you know, talking to him. You can tell he's coaching for all the right reasons. He he clearly has a passion for it. So, like I said, man, nothing nothing but the best to him. Division one. Division two, Division three colleges around here. Get a hold of this guy. I mean, this guy, this guy obviously knows what he's doing. He's got the experience. Let's get let's get this guy a head coaching job. I mean, he's got quite a resume. Yeah, he you does. know what I mean. He's, yeah, he's got a he's got a solid resume. 
Um, it, you know, listening to him speak, you know, he's not afraid to work at it. You know, he ain't, he is not afraid of hard work, man. And he, and he, he's been at a couple of very successful programs at the D3 and D2 levels, man. He was a successful player at the D3 level. I mean, he's going to make a, he's going to make a solid head coach someday. Yeah. Um, Adam, I just want to say, man, I love you. Thanks for coming on. Can't wait to have you on again. Corey with the K. I think we got a few voicemails we're going to hit on here. What we got? Yep. So the first one we got here uh, is from Troy again. So let's hear what he's got to say. Oh, my. What is your favorite word? Just one word. What is your favorite? Question by Troy. <laughs> As if we didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, Troy. You know, you know, you're starting to build. You're starting to build back up my trust because these voicemails every week are just. It's just really cracking me up, man. I love it. Keep calling in. Can't wait to have you back on, Troy. To answer your question, I mean, for the first thing that came to my mind, I'm not going to say, but number two, number two, the word shit. That that's my that's my number two, but. I mean, you think about it, you can say shit in so many different forms. Hey, man, I got to go take a shit. Hey, man, shit, yeah, that's awesome. Stub your toe. Oh, shit. <laughs> or just stub your toe. Shit. Yeah. Right, I mean, there's just so many ways. You can use it as a noun. That guy's a real shit. That guy is awesome. He's the shit. He's the shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, shit is just. It's very expressive. It's great. So, Troy, to answer your question. I'm just going to go with shit. I love it. Shit's my word. So number one on my list is not shit, but shit is what I'm picking. DG, what you got? That's a good word. Can you, a, do you guys know what my number one is? I'm sure all the listeners probably I do. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you guys probably Because do. That, that's a very expressive word as well. Exactly. It's probably more expressive. Yeah, than, probably. Yeah. Uh, my number one, my, my, my favorite word is Nebraska. Son of a... What the hell? Nebraska. Why? I don't I just like the way it sounds. I've always enjoyed saying it. I've never been there. I don't ever plan on going there. Um, their football team's okay. But uh, Nebraska. I think it's an Indian. Is it? I think it's a Native American word. I have no idea what it means, but I... It's It sounds very crisp. I don't know. I just, it's always sounded appealing to me, and I really like saying it. Nebraska. 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 Okay. Next voicemail. Hi, guys. It's me, Corky. Remember me? I'm just hanging out here with Uncle Buck tonight. And uh, my question of the week for you is Roll, would you rather eat an entire suitcase for them cheeseburgers? That place we used to go with a moat to get them. The White Castle, you know, that place we always used to get them burgers. Would you rather eat a whole suitcase for them cheese sliders with no toilet paper for a week after you eat that whole case? Or would you rather eat a whole pan of Uncle Buck's laxative brownies that we used to feed the neighbors? I don't know, but that's my question of the week. Bye. <laughs> well, okay. So let's just break this down for the listeners. We know Uncle Buck's involved here. Yeah. We know he's got some shenanigans up his sleeve. Absolutely. And I'm not. Corky. 
I'm struggling here. You know? <laughs> it's kind of mysterious. Yeah. So, Corky, I know Uncle Buck's involved. I, I really don't know here. So, you're asking me, would I rather eat a whole suitcase full, a whole pan full of Buck's? Actually, I messed that up. A whole suitcase full of White Castle sliders. Sliders, yeah. Without toilet paper for a week. Or a whole pan full of laxative brownies. Well, I think this is I think it's I think it's pretty easy because I'm gonna go with the laxative brownies because I can wipe my ass. Now them sliders, a whole suitcase, we're talking a suitcase here, boys. Sliders without toilet paper for a week, that's hurting. I mean that that's 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 gonna be a mess here. So, Corky, to answer your question, I think I'm going to go with the laxative brownies and then things. I know they were pretty strong. Had to have been. How, how are the sliders from White Castle? You've never had them? No. You serious? I may have had a bite of one. I'm not a White Castle guy. Okay. After after a night with your buddies drinking, get you a DD or have some. Have them drop it off DoorDash. Have DoorDash bring them to you. Tell them you want a case of just regular sliders, the cheese. Get them. Man, I had them for lunch on Thursday. <laughs> dude, you got to get them. You got to try them, dude. You have to. So I, I, you're sending me mixed messages because you're looking at me while Rolski's talking, Corey with a K, and you're like shaking your head no, like don't uh-huh. do it, don't do it. And then you say, yeah, I just had them for lunch. Oh, maybe. I think I was just looking back and forth between you two while you oh, were talking. Oh, okay. My bad. My, my bad. bad. I, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think, for them. I don't think I would ever go get them like for lunch, like if I had a choice. But as a late night snack... They're great. Okay. So that's downtown Indianapolis, late night, walking back from the Red Garter. <laughs> the the White Castle's there on the corner. That's a staple. You got to hit it before you go back to your hotel. You got to get you a crave case. Well, I tell you, man, a week eating anything with no toilet paper sounds miserable. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Not, I mean, let alone a suitcase full of sliders from white castle so i'm i'm gonna side with you on that one. Oh yeah so you, i can't believe you've never had white castle they just they just don't they don't look appetizing to me they don't smell great don't don't they have onions in them like doesn't yeah, the meat have onions yeah, yeah they're yeah. nice up onions. i'm not a big onion Grilled guy onions. so i think that's what kind of turned me off so okay yeah I, just just give me toilet paper i'm i'm fine you give me a toilet paper i'm i'm good to go both things have the same end result, so you're definitely got to pick the one that gets toilet paper. I agree, Corey with okay. <laughs> Listeners, give you a little heads up. We've got questions in the bank, but we wanted we wanted this one to be a little bit special because I feel like this this uh, this question hits different. So we only got one question. It's the question of the week this week. But first, I'd like to give our sponsor a quick shout out: the Old Canal Smokehouse. The Smokehouse is known for the most unique craft beer selection and rare bourbons to go along with their amazing food. You can dine in, order takeout, or even have them cater your next event. Visit them in their newly renovated space at 94 East Water Street in downtown Chillicothe. Corey with a K. Cue the music. Listeners, on your feet. It's time for the question of the week. Brought to you by the Okinaw Smokehouse. For the very first time, she's 
standing tall at the top. She goes by the name of Sup, sip, and serve, boys. I got one for you. Rolski, DG, Corey with a K. Sometimes Troy, and sometimes Uncle Buck. How about you guys come up with a nickname for your fan base? Let's hear what you got. On a side note, Coors Light sucks. <laughs> Troy, I think that might have been pointed towards you, bro. That's, yeah. Yep. You're true content creators. You bring the heat every week. Keep it coming. Peace and love. Britain. Like the country. Stylish. <laughs> wow. All right. So... Let's break down this question, DG. So basically, she's asking us to come up for a nickname for our fan base, our listeners. Yeah. So and me and DG, Corey K, we've talked about this off air a little bit. So, you know, the intro to the question of the week, I always say listeners on your feet. Right. And we always call them listeners. We always call them fans. So let's think of a name. that let, Let's call them. Let's call them something else besides listeners. So... I got a few. I think DG's got a few. So, Corey with K might have a few here. DG, what you got? I mean, I'm not going to say all these ideas are good. These are just the ones I came up with. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, we're definitely not saying it's going to be one of these. This is definitely going to be a nice Facebook post. We're going to ask the listeners, the fan base, what do you guys think? Leave us a comment on our Facebook page on the post and let us know what would you like to be called give us some ideas we're going to post our ideas but if you don't like that tell us what you want to be called and we'll take the most voted one well you know whoever votes on the most whichever one's voted on the most we'll pick it dg what you got so i got three i got the bartenders see i like that one it goes it goes with the sipping theme yeah you know bartenders yep uh the sipping squad Sipping Squad and Sip Mob. The Sip Mob. Sip Mob on your feet. Yep. Okay. Corey with the K, you got anything? Uh yeah. Uh let's see, I had I had Sip Sipping Squad as well and uh just the Sippers. The Sippers. Sippers. It's okay. Sippers on your feet. Okay. I I got a little creative with the first one. I like I like the sound of the guzzle gang. Guzzle gang. <laughs> the guzzle gang. Or just guzzle gang. We're guzzling down beers. We're guzzling down some bourbon. It don't matter what you're guzzling down. Alcoholic beverage, pick your choice. But we're the guzzle gang. Water, Gatorade, whatever. It don't matter. It don't have to be alcoholic. Just drink some water. Yeah. Guzzle it down. We're the guzzle gang. We're sipping and we're serving. Gotta stay hydrated. We're guzzling. The guzzle gang. And number two, I got sippers. In sippets, we got the sippers and the sippets, the masculine and the feminine. Yep. Now. So an idea that I had, I think I brought it up earlier, thinking on the merch side, of, the merch side of things. What if we just had a shirt that said "sippers" on the front, and then on the back, real small, it said "the sip and serve podcast" up by the neck, kind of like the Jordan sign on the back of the Jordan shirts. So we had sippers on the front and that on the back, and then we had. The female shirt that says Sipettes 
with the sip and serve logo or whatever on the back for the ladies. Yeah, see, that's how that's what I thought of it. The sippers and sippets. So at the beginning of the show, we could say sippers and sippets on your feet. That's creative, man. You, see, your see, wheels are always turning. See, I, I like that. So anyway. Britain, great question. I agree with you. I feel like we need a nickname for everybody as well. So we're going to make a Facebook post. We're going to put these up there. If you don't like it, let us know what you want to be called in the comments. We'll vote on it, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, give us your ideas. Um, Those are just the ones we came up with. I'm sure our fan base is going to get creative. Uh, Bring us your best ideas, and, and we'll see how it shakes out. All right, that's going to do it for us. That is the end of our show. Hope you all enjoyed listening. Don't forget to rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, at Sip and Serve Pod, and like us on Facebook. Our email is sipandservepod at gmail.com. Send in those questions for episode 14. Also, don't forget to call us on our Sip and Serve hotline. Leave us a question or story to be heard on the show. Our number is 740-720-3537. 740-720-3537. Adam Blake, appreciate you coming on, brother. Uh, that was a great conversation. I think the listeners are going to like it a lot. Um, can't wait to have you in studio, brother. I'm DG. I'm just along for the ride. And I'm Rolski. But before I go, I want to let you listeners know, this episode will drop on Thursday, Thursday, August 20th. But the following week... We're going to have a special episode. It is going to be on Monday, August the 24th. I repeat, the following episode after this one will air on 8-24, August the 24th. We will have a special episode. Adam Blake, Coach Blake, North Georgia, Assistant Coach. Appreciate you, brother. Stay hot, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Sip and Serve Podcast. Reds came on. See if we can get one.